This is Grit, the show formerly known as Quit. It's all about change, the challenges of improving your career, maybe your life, making tough decisions, and starting something awesome. You can call in live to the show, 512-518-5714. Right now, there are no calls. Lines are open. That's a bad sign. Well, it's, I guess it's not a bad sign, Hattie Cook. Hi. Because it is uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on a Friday, which is either people are driving and they've gone home uh, or they're just, they're just out, you know. They've gotten home. They're already in. I see some people in chat room. They say they want to call. Chat in. room. I don't care. No, they said they want to call in, but they're not calling. No, no, they will. They will. Five one two five one eight five seven one four. You shouldn't have to bribe. They no, no, should no, no, be no, no, not bribing. I'm clamoring, convincing. They should be convincing. No, 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 that it's okay to call from the job they want to leave right now. Oh, they're at the job they want to leave, and I said take an extended walk, a nice, a nice leisurely walk. You need to get some air. You've been in the office all day. I think everyone would understand, you know? I guess. I think you should call in. A lot that I want to talk about. I've actually, uh, I went ahead this time, Hattie, and I put in, uh, I put in a bunch of articles. People have, yeah, people have been tweeting me potential articles for, uh, for, for grit. And there was one that stood out to me that I put into the show notes. The show notes will be at 5x5.tv. And yes, it's still quit as the URL. 5x5.tv slash quit slash 54. And the title of this article, a lot of people sent me this. Yeah. Is how to stay focused when you get bored working toward your goals. We have two sponsors today, Verona Stay to Anywhere. And whatever this paper says, Squarespace. <laughs> And uh, we'll tell you more about them as the show continues. I also want to talk about copying. Yeah, I think that's a great topic. Copying. Copycats. Copycats, copiers, people who will ride on another person's coattails to achieve their goals. I think that's an interesting topic to talk about. And The lazy people of the business world. The lazy eyes <laughs> of the vision world. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means, but I like it. Thank you. So, you know, people often say that a sign of success, best form of flattery, et cetera, is, is that you, you get copied. A lot of people, Hattie, a lot of people, co- and I just, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and, and just say this because I see it a lot. A lot of people copy uh, what I have done at 5 by 5 Agreed. Especially if you go, and so here's what I want to point out. Because when I started 5 by 5 I started it as a, this could be, if you if you don't mind, Heidi, you could um, type up a little, uh, take a letter. You could type up, a, type up a little description as we go, and I'll save I you some time. I was thinking about doing that anyway. First topic is, uh, is uh, being original and being copied. When I started, uh, you can also say Dan Rufield's secrets about the uh, inspiration for 5x5 and how it all came together. So when I started 5x5, it was really out of laziness because I had a whole bunch of podcasts. And every time that I wanted to make a new podcast, I had to, uh, I had to go and set up a new website for it. And after like the third one, I said, this is madness. This is insanity. I'm spending so much time doing this. I could just write... You know, because at the time I was doing a lot of Rails development, I would just write 
a CMS that will handle publishing multiple shows and it'll do it. So instead I said, well, I don't want to write my own thing. I want to use something else. So I tried Expression Engine. That couldn't do it. WordPress at the time, it's talking to six years ago. That couldn't do it. There was no Squarespace the way we know it now, but even even that, it's tough to host uh, multiple shows the way that you that you want on on the sites like that. Um, Squarespace now can do it better, but again, back then, no. And uh, and so I considered different options, and I said, you know what? As long as it's going to take me to try and configure and bust out a Drupal installation or something, I could just write my own software to do this because that's what I did. That's what I spent my time doing. I said, okay, I'll write it. I wrote it, designed it, launched it. And, you know, who was out there to give me an example of what a podcast network website should be? There really weren't a lot of things out there. There wasn't a, a, you know, Twit was there, but Nerdist wasn't really what it is today. So many of the other uh, podcast networks, if you will, did not exist. But I was a huge fan of Twit and a huge fan of what Leo was and is doing over there. But I wanted to be different, and his emphasis and focus was so much on uh, on video. And at the time, I was doing video, but you know, I wanted I wanted something to be a, quite a bit different. So I said, ah, "Screw it! I'll just I'll just make a list of the things that I think are important, then I'll do them." And one of the things I thought was important was like a show listing page, an RSS feed page, a schedule page. But now, Hattie. Those yeah. things that I came out and did. If you look at the way that I did the live page. I know, I know. That little IRC thing linked to in there. And the calendar. The way the player is on top. If you go to schedule and you see a schedule. You know what I see time and time again? Our broadcast schedule is just a Google calendar that's embedded, right? But it's not embedded just as a calendar style. It's embedded in what they call uh, agenda view. No one else was doing agenda view. I did agenda view. Now everybody does it. I'm not, oh, oh, Dan's taking credit for an embedded Google calendar and agenda view. <laughs> no, I'm not. But I'm saying I was the first person to do that. But you know what? You could argue that point. Fine. I'm not trying to take credit for inventing the internet. I mean, I did, but I'm not trying to take credit for it. What I'm talking about here, and also talk about the ads. Talk about the ads. Nobody. Nope. You hear this? Here's what I do on most of the shows. Not quit, but here, grit, whatever you want to call it. Here's what I say. Okay, so here's my, ampl- here's my amplified I- intro, all right? Here's my amplified intro, all right? I'll do it right now. I'm going to do it right now, okay? This is Amplified, an award-winning talk show about Apple, Mac, iPad, iPhone, iOS, guitars, amps, music, and recording. Get ready to rock because the lord of the underworld himself, Jim Dalrymple, is here. I am Dan Benjamin. It is Friday, September 5th, 2014. We would like to say thank you very much to our sponsors, Squarespace and Verona State Anywhere. We'll tell you more about them as the show continues. That part right there? Yeah. No one did that. Now everyone does that. Yeah. Everyone does that. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Now, did I invent internet advertising? Yes. No, of course I didn't. But there are these little things. It's a collection of these little things that now. Right. When they're all together. Once they're all together. I've even seen people take take verbatim text, verbatim and just words, copy it straight off copied the site. right I've seen that. off of the site. And then later they it's come back fine. and change it's it. It's like, pl- 
replacement. Is it fine? No, no, no. Listen, it's fine if like I'm a designer. I'm doing a mock up for something. I just need placement text, and this is kind of the gist of what I'm going to say. But don't actually put that on your actual site. That's like I'm doing a Photoshop mock up or something. <laughs> yeah, it's not okay. In other words, exactly. And so, is it the sincerest form of flattery? No. And what's made me think about this is this whole uh, rigmarole going on about uh, and and don't worry, I'm not, I haven't, I have not forgotten the how to stay focused thing. This whole rigmarole going on with uh, this this uh, Jeff Atwood's uh, standard markdown thing. Have you seen this? I have seen this. Uh, we were talking about this at lunch a little bit. This is it's kind of it's kind of insane. Yeah, so what happened with this is, so a long time ago, I don't remember the year, and it's not even that important, just know that it was a long time ago. Uh, John Gruber invented this thing called Markdown. Markdown is now a very, uh, yeah, they're saying common Markdown. I'll get to that, AF Waller. God. Standard markdown is what we're talking about. And John Gruber invented markdown. Markdown is a, I guess you could call it a text to HTML conversion tool, yeah. for lack of a better yeah. word. That you write something that is essentially it's easy to read, it's easy to write, it's plain text, and then it will convert to HTML, specifically XHTML. And he wrote this and he gave a syntax and everything else for it. And at the same time, um, the textism guy came out with one called Textile that did a similar thing. But Markdown very, very quickly won out as the de facto way to write. And it's so popular. It's used everywhere. It's used inside comments. It's used in content management systems. Uh, mine supports it. So if you, instead of writing HTML inside the post, you you just want to do that. The stuff we do for five by five, uh, GitHub has it. I mean, it's everywhere. And a good example, speaking of GitHub is what's called GitHub flavored markdown, GitHub flavored markdown. So what is GitHub flavored markdown? Well, GitHub came up with, they took markdown and they said, Oh, you know what? We, we kind of want it to work this way and do this and do that. So they made their own version of it, which they, you know, they, they just sort of called the GitHub flavored version of Markdown. So Jeff Atwood comes out. And by the way, Jeff, I've spoken to Jeff many times. I interviewed him on the pipeline. I should put that. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 put that in the show. I'm putting it into the show notes right now. Uh, and he's he is the, uh, yeah, that was pipeline number 38, which you can go and listen to now. We talked about starting a business, running projects, software development, how he started Stack Overflow. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a very, very smart guy, very successful. I, it seems to be very successful. And, uh, and, and he came out with this thing that he called standard markdown, standard markdown. He did this on his own. He did that. Well, I should correct. He worked with some other folks to do this, but he did this on his own in the sense that he, I guess, contacted John Gruber and said to John, you know, I'm going to do this thing. We're thinking of calling it standard markdown. Here's where it is, whatever. Never heard back from John. 
Well, in John's license uh, licensing of Markdown, he says, yes, you, of course you can fork this. It's open source. Fork it. But you, you just can't call it Markdown. Call it something right. else. Well, they called it standard Markdown. Now, the problem that people had with and, – and, and by the way, the, the internet that cares about such things didn't like this very much. No. The response was overwhelmingly negative, even though the goal behind the project was a good one, which is they wanted to come up with a standard suite of tests for Markdown and make it so that implementations of Markdown would all work effectively and work a certain way. John Gruber has famously not updated Markdown for a long time. That's his choice, whether he wants to do it or not. But so Jeff Atwood's, right, because that's his version. It's his that's thing. his version of Markdown. He left that's it intentionally his, right. ambiguous and hasn't updated it. Maybe he'll do 2.0. Maybe not. Fine. Jeff Atwood's uh, and, and his friends wanted to come out and say, you know what? We're going to come out with something that, that's going to make Markdown great and that will ensure that it lasts for a long time. We want the stuff that we're writing now in Markdown to be supported in years to come. So that we don't have to, you know, so that we're not essentially obsoleting everything that we're writing. It makes sense. Well, what happened is apparently at that time, John Gruber wrote him an email and said, you've got to change the name and you need to apologize for doing this. So they changed the name from, sta- first of all, what's the problem with standard? It makes it seem like it came first. It, it definitely says this is the de facto you know version. What? This is the legit version. I will use, they might as well have called it the you know, the original version, right? I will tell you what you're feeling Worst. happens at other times in your life. Maybe you're looking on YouTube and you're looking for a specific video. Uh-huh. Then one of them says official and you're like, Oh good. That one must be, you know, the H D version, the one that I can like has like the intro and the outro, all the regular stuff. Okay. But if you click on it and it's like a recording of someone's TV, please do not name it official. Yeah, it's the same. It's same like kind of calling thing. it official. You might as well have called it official. You know what GitHub GitHub. I put the link in the show notes. There's a site uh, on GitHub's help pages called GitHub flavored markdown. GitHub uses quote GitHub flavored markdown unquote or GFM across the site in issues, comments and pull requests. It differs from standard markdown. Note that they call it standard markdown, yep. lowercase s in a few significant ways and add some additional functionality. That's that's how they describe it. So this, there's a great article by Dave Weiner uh, called Email to Gruber, which he started out as an email to John, but then he made it into a post. All of this stuff is in the show notes. And, oh, show notes is another thing. Yeah. There were always show notes. I'm not, I did not invent show notes. But I never heard people talk about show notes on the air the, the way that I sort of obsess about the show notes. Did I invent it? No. But again, the collection of things. So anyway, back to Mark Town. So Dave has a nice article that kind of sums up this whole thing and, and what the problems of it are. And here's the interesting thing. They changed the name from standard Markdown, after John complained about it, from standard Markdown to common Markdown, which is a synonym for standard. Common is a synonym for standard. It, it's not enough. You didn't change it. You didn't change it. You didn't change anything. You thesaurus. You know what? And this is the amazing thing. Jeff Atwood, I will say there's a few, there's few people, Hattie, that I will say are probably geniuses. He's one of them. 
He's a super smart guy. He's had amazing success with all the Stack Overflow stuff. I admire this guy. But I want to say, like, Jeff, come on. You had to know. Didn't you? Yeah. You had to know this would bother people. At least John, if not all of all of the other people in the world. Naming is very important. And naming, he's, he's written many times about how hard naming is. And I just, I've, I know what his, his interests were and his goals are great. And what he's trying to do is really great. And I fully support it. But it all comes down to something as simple as a name. And if he called it something else, I don't think people would have cared. He could have called it Alaska. That would have been fine. <laughs> You know, maybe Alaska wouldn't have liked that, but you know, they don't care. Anyway, copying. You know, you talk, you talk about, you talk about copying. In this case, he wasn't copying, but he was using something, the word markdown that wasn't his. So when people copy the stuff that I've done here on Five by Five, I always look back at the automotive industry. Yep. The first car, I don't know my history about automotive innovation, but the first company that put seatbelts in a car and said, if you bump into another car or a tree or something, this may help you not go through the windshield. Seems like a good idea, right? Well, then all the other car companies said, well, I guess we better have windshield, uh, because we better have uh, seatbelts in. We don't want people going through the windshield in our cars. <laughs> But, you know, I don't want to get into the whole patent thing and all that nonsense. But it's clear that when you do something right, other people will see that you've done it right. And if they're going to do something in the same area, in the same space, that when they see that, oh, well, we we need to do that too. So on the one hand, you say, well, you take it as a compliment. But then here's the thing that bothers people. The thing that bothers people is, wait, wait, wait. What if they don't know I did it first? Right. Then it's not okay. It's okay if everybody knows that Dan Benjamin invented the embedding of a schedule and agenda view for a podcast list for the live page. Fine. Did Dan Benjamin invent that? No. I'm sure someone else did that before I did it. I'm in fact, I guarantee you someone else did it before I did it. So I didn't really invent that either. But when you take the combination of those different things and you put them together and you say, this is, this is the site five by five and other people look at that and say, well, we need those things. We need those exact things. But then when you look at it, why did I do it as a Google calendar? Because I wanted everyone to be able to subscribe to it. And I wanted to be able to update the schedule, which by the way, we don't do, but I wanted to be able to update it easily. Right? It's those dreams you have. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and I wanted, I wanted people to be able to easily subscribe. I wanted to, and I wanted to embed it. And you know what? Google Calendar made the most sense. I actually tried to write something on my own that would export it in a Google Calendar format. And I said, nah, I don't have time for this nonsense. I got to get the site done. So I embedded it. Now, is it possible that everyone else who's done this uh, has come to the same conclusion? Yes. Just doing it first give me authority over who else can embed it? No, I'm not upset about it at all. And that's the interesting thing is that you can't get upset about this kind of thing. 
And I, so I remember something Mr. Mr. Miyagi said to Danielson, which is, well, don't you care what they think? Danielson said, and Mr. Miyagi says, doesn't matter what they think. It matters what, what you know. So when someone comes out with something first, that's all that should matter. But that's not what matters. What matters is well, they won't know I did it first. That's what people really get upset about. That's because they're doing things and making things not to make themselves happy, but to make themselves more known or things like that. You know, they're not doing it for, I'm just making this thing, this awesome thing. Cause I want to make this awesome thing. It's, I want oh, it's to make this called awesome common, thing common be, Mark now. Uh, now it's oh. called common Mark. That's better. Soon it will just be the letters C and M <laughs> right. with a dash in between. <laughs> like you'll never know. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's weird. And I think that this happens all the time. I remember that after shortly after Robin Williams passed away, uh, Merlin and I were talking about it on the show and gosh, I, I, I've always been such a huge fan of Robin Williams and, and, and the, the stuff that he's done and, 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 you know, everything I knew about him as a person, it just, he seemed like, you know, in my mind, because I didn't know about his personal life or didn't know that he struggled with depression, it seemed like he lived in this awesome, magical reality. You know, it seemed like he led this amazing life and lived in this magical world that I thought would just be awesome to be in for like, you know, the 20 minutes uh, a week that he did more in Mindy. You know, or the 10 minutes that, that he'd be on, you know, late night or something. In reality, the guy was struggling and was sad. But when I talked to a friend of mine who does, uh, you know, who does comedy, he said, oh, yeah, you know, it, that, that didn't surprise me at all. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, it, it's like widely known among comics anyway that, you know, that, that he was suffering from depression. Oh, and he also used to steal people's jokes, he said. I said, really? He said, oh, yeah, there was like a signal that guys would have when Robin Williams was there because they knew he would steal the jokes. I said, I don't believe it. I don't care what you say. He's, you know, awesome. He didn't steal anything. But, you know, that's a, that's like a known thing. Like you steal someone's joke, you borrow a joke, you improve on it in your own way. And that's the thing that I want to see people doing if they take something that I started or that 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 I um was maybe the maybe the first person to do is it has to be better if you're going to do something that's based on something someone else did or inspired by someone else something someone else did you can't just do it the same way be better it's perfectly fine to say this is how this person does it and as many different ways as i've thought about it that is the best way to do it so I'll do it that way. Don't stop there. Don't give up that easily. Don't say this is the best way to do it. I'm going to use it. The, yes, I'll, they did this thing and this, is, this makes the most sense, but how can I make it better? That agenda view is ugly. Is there a way to make it better? I don't know. There's probably some designer out there that's like, oh, yes, I make my own custom calendars that sure. you can input. Yeah, yeah, right. Like is, is there a way to force styles on that? Is there a, a Ruby gem? that will pull in a Google calendar and allow you to output it and display it. Essentially, yes, I know that there is. I forget what it's called. Use that then. 
do something better. Oh, all Dan contribute. All to Dan making it does. Better. All Dan does is just embed the Google Calendar, but we parse the data out of the Google Calendar and we display it, and we automatically adjust for the user's time zone with JavaScript based on the the time setting in their browser. That would be better. Do that. You know, there's always ways to improve. There's always things that that would be better to do, and that's your job because. What I hate, even worse than just taking something somebody else has done, what I hate worse than that is when somebody looks at something else that they've done and says, well, we can't do that because they're doing it. We have to be different than them. Well, no, you don't. You have to do the things that are important. If you're running a podcast network and you have a schedule of live shows that you want people to listen to live, there aren't that many ways to put it. And you know what? Doing it as a Google Calendar probably makes a lot of sense. But there, don't stop there. That's what I'm trying to say. Hattie, that's what I'm trying to say. Right, that's not the only way to do things. I'm not, why don't people get anything I say on this show? It's not like... I, what it, What is the problem? I don't know. They just don't listen to you. So the other night, uh, my under, oh, we get some people on hold. Oh, good. The other night, my understanding is that you watched Ender's Game, the movie. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That was good. You remember they talk about the Ansible in that? The whole, yes, they talk about the That's Ansible. That's why I named the call-in system I know, the I loved that. You don't care. I do care. That you was care. really cool. You don't even work here anymore as far as I'm concerned. What? Did I just get fired on grit? Quit? No. <laughs> I guess I'll do a first sponsor because I'm up. I think I should just stop the show right now. No, don't stop People the don't show. listen, Addy. Then maybe you'll they take the call. don't care. People don't care. Nobody cares. I don't even feel like doing this anymore. What? The show? The show, people don't even care. Oh. No, the show, they don't even care. People don't care. I used to have a they lot of care. calls. I used to have people emailing. Now I'm down to like 30 or 40 emails about the show an hour. <laughs> down from like 40. So I'm not counting or anything. Verona's data anywhere is really great. I want to implement this here. Me too. You know about this? I do. It's the fastest way to turn your own network shares into Dropbox-like secure enterprise-class private cloud. What is a network share, Hattie? Can you explain what that is, please? What is a network share? No, I, I can't. I, I personally cannot, no. Put that coffee down. Let me tell you what it is. Tell me what it is, because I know you know what it is. On a network, you have shared, if you, in, in the Windows world, you would have a shared drive. Data. You would have a folder, a directory, a place where you are storing the data that is integral to your network, integral to your enterprise, integral to the work that you perform, the tasks that you perform. These could be documents, spreadsheets, graphics, you name it. They live there on your infrastructure already. They're there right now. Whoa, wait a minute. You've got remote employees. You've got people who telecommute. You've got people on iOS and Android devices. You got a guy in Wisconsin with a Mac. Then you want all of them, including the people that are sitting in your office, to be able to get to these existing shares. It seems crazy that you would want to take your data that's currently alive, happy, and up to date and secure on your own network and send it out to uh, Dropbox or something. Dropbox is great. 
But that's not what what that that's not what it's designed for. They have an no. enterprise system, but I want to keep my files the way I have them organized, the way that all the people are already working with them. And I just want to make them available to all these different. So here's what you get. You get mobile access. You get file synchronization. You get secure third-party sharing. Yep. Give your users file sync and mo- it says it here on the paper. Give your users file sync and mobile access without changing your IT infrastructure. I want that. Without moving your data. I don't want to move my data. And without reconfiguring permissions. <laughs> Screw reconfiguring permissions. Totally. You know, your file shares, they're going to be secure. They're going to be backed up. They're going to be reliable. Why change everything and move terabytes of data into the cloud? You know what happens in the cloud. Your naked pictures. No one knows what happens. Your naked pictures. That's what happens Uh in the cloud. They find your nakeds. Don't, don't, uh, Don't let those get out. Keep your data on your existing file servers and share them. It works with Windows, Mac, iOS, Android. It's safe. It installs in about 30 minutes, and you, that's right, you listening, will get five users free forever at veronis.com slash quit. V-A-R-O-N-I-S dot com slash quit is the place to go. Veronis, thank you very much for supporting this show. Now we got more calls. They don't, you know what? These people don't appreciate the hard work that we do to them. That's why when I miss a week, listen to me, when Uh. listen to, no, listen to me. When I miss a a week of doing grid, it's because I I know they're out there not appreciating the hard work that we do on this show here. I can see that. And I get so bummed out about it. Can you describe what I do when I'm bummed out? I get angry. You get angry and you, you throw Because depression comes out Turned outward is anger. Yeah. And I get depressed when I know that, that no one will call. But when you're depressed, call. you just, you, you move things around in the With office. With my mind. No, that would be cool. Then I would almost, I'd be like, oh, cool, he's depressed today. The printer just flew across the room, but it's levitating. <laughs> There's so much levitating that goes on in the world that we don't know about. Like that levitating it. man that I was talking about before the show. Not real. So there's an article here that I want to talk about a little bit. Let me get back in the CMS. I got a new CMS, and we got FeedLayer is basically done. Really? Except for the payment piece. That's the only part. <gasps> oh, I really can't wait. FeedLayer is done. The brand new of redesign of, of 5x5, the whole redesign of the site. Everything that's done. you know now is changing. The uh, Well, not everything. I'm just kidding. The you know all new CMS behind the scenes is, is done. But it's, there's all, there's all, oh, there's just one more little thing here, one more little thing there. We have built, we ripped apart the studio that, well, it's a studio now. It used used to be our office next door to this. You, you and I used to have our office in there and we ripped that out. We're now now out with the, uh, with the peons now, with the, with the plebes. (laughs) I love that word. We're out there with the, the chattel now. And we con- Poor Bailey. <laughs> we converted that into uh, into a into a video studio. It's fully set up. We got the cameras, we got everything going. Next week we start our first uh, video shows in three years. <laughs> three years. It's been three years since I did video. Yeah, yeah. 
feels like it's been three years actually, since we actually about, bought the camera and started trying to do everything. I know. It's been a lot of work. And people don't understand that. And he, Okay, you know what? I'm, diver, I'm diverging off this topic for a second. People seem to think that 5x5 five five is a massive corporation, and it isn't. It's not. How you many, know, how many like, full? I asked, I tweeted out. Okay, so here's what I tweeted out. I said, basically, like, listeners, we need your help. I have to buy a Mac Pro because cameras, I don't want to get into technical detail, but I would like to have two, maybe even three cameras in that room Mm -hmm. uh, for doing the different kinds of stuff that we want to do in there. We want to have the ability to have a wide shot when we have lots of guests, be able to jump in and have a a close-in shot on other two guests. We want to do some really cool like on-the-street interviews, so we need a camera we can take with us. And all of this stuff costs money and you know we're we're using nice cameras not super expensive but nice cameras to do it and uh when you start getting multiple cameras the, you you have to convert from the camera to h from hdmi to thunderbolt thunderbolt into the to the mac and then you uh you have to be able to do switching among the different ones and recording all of it and then streaming it to to google hangouts and all this other stuff we're doing a special on tuesday where we're going to be watching the keynote along with uh, the listeners and talking to them and taking their calls, all kinds awesome. of cool stuff to do all this. Like we, the reason why we need a Mac pro is we've got a firewire for the audio but that has to convert to Thunderbolt. You've got multiple cameras, two, three cameras. Uh, each one of those is on a Thunderbolt port. There is no such thing as, as uh, daisy chaining or a Thunderbolt hub. It doesn't work that way. And even if it did, the bandwidth from HDMI would be too much, too much. So I need these multiple Thunderbolt ports. I need something that has CPU and Ram enough to handle this. That's a Mac Pro. It's the only machine that can do it. That thing is, you know, four grand. Plus we need an, at least one more camera. Five grand. And I, you know, when I started 5x5, five five, I couldn't have done it without the support of, of the listeners. I told them what I was doing. This is before Kickstarter. And I said, gosh, I really need your help. People donated and, and made it all possible. They did, they donated money. Some of them bought t-shirts. Some of them just donated money, but it was enough money for me to like buy the first microphone that, that was actually good and buy the preamp and get a mixer and a machine to do Skype. Like they bought that stuff. Our listeners bought that. That's so cool. And it's been a long time since I've asked for any help. And, and, and so one guy replied to me, I said, look, would you support with the memberful, which we already have? Would you support with Patreon? What, what would you guys like to do? And uh, most people were saying, oh, I might help you. Another person was like, well, I, I would help if you took away all the ads. And and then one other guy says, well, I don't really think it would be – I don't want to support a, a corporation, a big, a, big, big a big company. I don't – that seems we're weird. We're not Dell. It seems weird for a company to ask for money. And I replied to him and I said, that's interesting. How big of a company do you think we are? And I've told you this before. And what do you say, Hattie? I've told you this before. I said. What have you said, Hattie? Because when when people uh, try an email or if they, you know, there's lots of different things uh, what they could contact us for from an outside standpoint, Twitter, email, anything like that, that that requires maybe a response. A response. Um, Human interaction. A human interaction. Callers, don't you dare hang up. Continue. Don't do it. Uh, you know, that 
later, you know, someone will be like, I haven't heard back. And like, it's been like three hours and I haven't heard back from on my email. Well, guess what? It's Dan and I yeah, that in was, an office so that's, with Bailey every other day sometimes. Right. So that's what I asked for. <clears throat> that's what I asked. I said, how, how many employees do you think we have? And he said, uh, I said, full, including, so I tweeted about it. I said, including me. Right. And I've only recently become an employee. Right. I was just like, it was, uh, you know, an LLC and another thing and distributions. Now you are, you are an Now I, like, I get a paycheck. Yep. Uh, and from yourself, from, but, you well, know. no, well, Janie, uh, does oh, right, we, Janie. Uh, we hired a, a bookkeeper because, uh, we, we couldn't manage the, well, she does not count process. as a full-time no, employee she's not even or even part-time. Contract. No, right. she's one, one day a week for a few hours. And I said, how many people full-time, including me, do you think work at five by five? Now the true jackals, they know the ones if who really, really listen. Yeah. So I had a few people like two. Yes. It's two. That's mm-hmm. the answer. The majority of people guessed, and for some reason, eight. Eight was a number, the magic number. that people liked. They guessed eight people. And, uh, and in fact, a lot of people guessed 15 to 20. <laughs> because we also sell. We, we sell. And when I say we, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish there were 15 people here. Yeah. Oh, um, my gosh. So in, in addition to, we, we run five by five as a business. Um, we produce and edit most of the shows that you hear on five by five. We record, and record a lot of them. We record here. a lot of them. Obviously, the ones I'm on, but but a lot of the shows that are with other folks in other like parts DLC of the country, we record and, them yes. here for them. We get their guests. We do the Ansible. We do calls. We edit all of it, and uh, and we produce that. And we also sell uh, ads on all the shows on five by five through Archer Avenue, which is a different company that that I started. To sell ads for five by five, and then for other shows, and also make feed layer and make you right. Know, We're making feed layer, which is our, our podcast stats and tracking system, which is coming out soon. Then you had to make the portal for our avenue, right? Our, uh, so that advertisers can log in and they can hear their spots and they can look at downloads. They can do all of that stuff and and provide feedback. CMS for uh, five by five itself. Right. Um, oh my gosh, t-shirts, mugs, swag. Right. Uh, like we don't even have. You and I correct up-to-date business cards because we don't have time. Because if I'm answering the jobs account email, the info account email, my email from 505 and Archer, like I already have like six email accounts and they all come to me and then the other ones go to you. We had a really really great intern uh, producer here who had to take a, a leave of absence, a health yeah. thing. And, uh, and, and so we're even struggling more. It's not a money thing. I, I absolutely am, am positive about re- reinvesting in people who will make the company better. And we've, we've had lots of people who, you know, they come and go and it's, it's a struggle. Well, we have Bally. She's great. She's working she in great. sales, but she's only here, you know, two, three days a, a week because she's, still she, finishing up she's, school. she's in school, finishing school. And, you Which know, is important. And, and But we do. I have uh, – Aaron does a great job editing. I've got a other couple people who help out with the editing process. And we're always looking for great people. But, of course, yeah, we, we want them in Austin. We've talked about this right. so many times. they got to be here in Austin. 
don't you want to hang out with us? Well, it's, I think, you know, we have physical things to do in the studio. There are microphones. There are, right. you know, there are uh, mixers. There's consoles. There's stuff to physically do here that requires people to be here physically. We have to take the hard drive out of that Mac Mini now. Who's going to do that? Dan <laughs> right. has to stop replying his emails yeah. and go and sit down and take this apart because there is no one else to do yeah, it. Like and Dan, if you have a question about where, Hattie, where did you put that screwdriver? I have to get up from my email right. and go find that. So if if your email is not just, replied you know, to, building building the set, we're going to be building the set ourselves with yeah. like two by fours and a band. Me and you on the weekend, probably yeah. wearing those face mask things so right. that we don't inhale dust particles and yeah. Wood I mean, chips. but that's but that's <laughs> what it is, and I think people imagine. And so the reply of that guy when I told him how many people there were, he says, "Well, you 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 do a good job of making it seem because you, the the stuff you do is so polished and finished, it, it seems bigger." And that's incredibly flattering because that is yeah, the one single awesome. thing that I, I try so – we try so hard to do is is to put out the absolute best possible stuff. And so, yeah, I have a freelance designer now who's helping with this. I have a freelance software developer who I'm trying to literally give everything to. But he only has 10 to 15 hours a week. Well, why not hire full-time? I don't need a full-time and developer also, forever. We love him. Yeah. We so, want him yeah, full time, yeah. <laughs> not but him part. We don't have enough time. work, so it's like it, we're we're at this tough thing where we need help, but it's it's tricky to find somebody who can do office management and producer work, and also use a bandsaw, and also help record shows, and maybe edit them in a pinch, and or, or so, take out a hard drive or right, answer some emails. <laughs> right, you know, we need so we need we need constant help. But it's funny because it's almost like people have this impression that this is some huge operation that's like functioning like a well-oiled machine and in reality it's it's me getting into this office before eight every morning and leaving usually at 6 30 uh used to be like more like 7 30 yeah. yeah and and you getting in an hour later and staying till you know till i leave yeah and and it's five <laughs> sometimes six days a week it's hard, hard work. My email says 103 right now. Yeah. It makes me sad. Yeah. Because I don't know. I don't know when that's going to happen. It's I Friday. I know. And so it's, you know, it's, but this is like, so it's funny because it seems like it's this company and here's this big company asking for like, please help us with Patreon. And right. It's like, if you call Because I really need to buy a Mac Pro. But, you know, the reality is like listener support is still a, a big part of, uh, of of how we do stuff but i hate asking for money and people who are like we'll make the ads go away well no because the advertisers <laughs> pay the bills too you know right. like we, it, i wish we could do that it's almost like look that. at adam curry he's got yeah. hundreds of thousands of people donating money but that's his full model like could i transition to a fully listener supported we'd need a lot more listeners than we have and we have a lot but we need a whole lot more to be able to do something like that. So look at that. We lost the caller. So you know what? The guy who is who called up last, the two, we got one person on for 43 minutes, one person on for 41 minutes. There was a guy on for nine minutes and he gave up. J- you know what? Joan Rivers never gave up. Joan Rivers is amazing. Okay? She worked until the day before <laughs> she left this earth. You know? Like... Oh she, yeah, she yeah. had two book signings and went and ran like a, a, a she ran like a charity event that she day. Did everything before she's amazing. The woman was 81 amazing. Eighty-one years old, correct? 
Mikey R says, you sure that wasn't the person who was on a break? I don't call back. I'll take you first if that was you. She was amazing. Talk about somebody who never quit anything. She could do anything. Didn't matter how old she was. She was never afraid. Incredibly courageous woman. Snapple says he can take care of the, the Mac mini hard drive. Do you think Because I think it's his computer. I think it's the one we bought from him. <laughs> you should have marked like he's put trying a to hack, circle on He's it. trying to hack uh, my iCloud. <gasps> Get all your nakeds. See, now they call. Now the person called back in. Uh-huh. Get to you in a second. Anyway. See, we're hitting all the topics I wanted to hit. Hitting all the ones I wanted to hit. How, Hattie, how to stay focused when you get bored working toward your goals. This is a post on Medium by the so-called James Clear. So-called James Clear. I can see right through him. And here's what he writes. (laughs) We all have goals and dreams, but it can be difficult to stick with them. Each week I hear from people who say things like, I start with good intentions, but I can't seem to maintain my consistency for a long period of time. Or they will say... I struggle with mental endurance. I get started, but I can't seem to follow through and stay focused for very long. And he says, don't worry, I'm just as guilty of this as anyone else. For example, I'll start one project, work on it for a little bit, then lose focus and try something else. And then I'll lose focus on my new goal and try something else and on and on. When everything is said and done, I've stopped and started so many times that I've never really made much progress. Maybe you felt this way too. And he says, uh, he goes into to talk about something called the myth of passion and motivation. And he's talking about some uh, na- a, a trainer at a gym where he used to go work out, and uh, and he he's uh, this guy apparently worked with some nationally ranked athletes and Olympians, and he said I just finished my workout when I asked him what's the difference between the best athletes and everyone else? What do really successful people do that most people don't? And he said he briefly mentioned the things that you might expect genetics, luck, talent. He said, but then he said something I wasn't expecting. He said, at some point, it comes down to who can handle the boredom of training every day and doing the same lifts over and over and over again. Interesting. And people, you know, they get down. They feel bored. They're like, eh, I don't want to do this anymore. And, and he goes on to write about working when work isn't easy. Anyone can work hard when they feel motivated. He says, when I was an athlete, I loved going to practice the week after a big win. Who wouldn't? Your coach is happy, your teammates are pumped up, and you feel like you can beat anyone. As an entrepreneur, I love working when customers are rolling in and things are going well. Getting results is a way of propelling you forward. But what about when you're bored? What about when the work isn't easy? What about when it feels like nobody is paying attention or you're not getting the results you want? Are you willing to work through 10 years of silence? That's a link to another article. It's not the event, it's the process. He says, we think our goals are all about the result, but it's about the process itself. So here's some things he says. If you want to be a great writer, then having a best-selling book is wonderful, but the only way to reach the result is to fall in love with the process of writing. If you want the world to know about your business, then it would be great to be featured in Forbes magazine, but the only way to reach that result is to fall in love with the process of marketing. In other words, fall in love with boredom, fall in love with repetition and practice, fall in love with the process of what you do and let the results take care of of themselves. And uh, it's very interesting because if you think about this, this is fantastic, uh, very fantastic advice. And if if you think about 
how you can implement this in your own life. You know, if you don't like what you're doing, it gets boring really, really fast. I've never run into a situation in in my own life where I was doing something or working on something and I said, this is so much fun to do. I don't want to do it anymore. This is is so really cool and I just love it, but I'm bored of it. No. Those two things don't go hand in hand. No, they do not. And I'll tell you what. So, you know, I screwed up my back not that long ago. And I've always had like chronic lower back issues from having really bad uh, sitting posture and sitting for extended periods of time, like writing code and doing all these other stupid things. So I switched over to like standing and sitting on a Swiss ball and all this other crap. And it makes a big difference. But I forget what it was that I did, but somehow I managed to just screw it up again. And I said, you know what? This is a solvable problem, right? If I go to a physical therapist, which my doctor sent me to, this problem won't happen anymore. But I have to actually do the stuff that the physical therapist says to do. And it's not that hard. It's certain stretches and it's certain sit-ups and it's other isometric act, you know, activities and stuff like that. It's not going to a gym and working out you know, six days a week and pumping iron. It's you need to do these stretches and these sit-ups and these push-ups and these other things. And if you do those things, your back muscles will get strong where they're weak and you won't have this problem at least not ever as bad and not ever for as long as you've had it. You have to weigh out, do you want, you know, which is worse, doing those stretches every day or having your back be in pain constantly? Right, or for you just have so to weigh bad that you're stuck right. in bed for a week. Right. And I, I've gotten to the point now where doing those stretches and exercises at night are just simply now, they are just simply, the, this is the thing that I do now. It doesn't matter if I'm tired. It doesn't matter if I don't feel like it. It doesn't matter if it's early or late or if I'm hungry or not. I do them because I have to do them because I'm not 18 years old and I now have to do these things to avoid that. And I know people who have had much more serious things like heart disease. And in order for them to not have a heart attack or not have another heart attack, here are the things that you need to do. And it becomes very, very real when for whatever reason you're in pain or you're sick or you're stuck in bed or you can't do the things that are important to you or you can't take care of your family. And the reason that you can't is because you're hurt. And the reason that you're hurt is avoidable or preventable or something you can minimize. You will do the exercises even if you don't like it. And all you have to do is remind yourself of what it's like when you don't and you will do them. Well, how does that interpret or or translate to work? What about that thing when you're bored? Well, what are the consequences if you don't do it? And the reality is most of us know the consequences aren't that bad. If you don't really perform at your job, it's going to take them months to figure that out. Usually. Not in a small company. Well, like not this. here. <laughs> I'll know in an hour. Hattie, I'll know in an hour. If you, <laughs> if you just glance over, you're like, I already know you're not doing right. something. I'll, I'll be able to tell just from, <laughs> from across the room. You're fired. But, <laughs> you know, there is, 
there is uh, very little room for that in a small company. But in a larger company, you, you can slack off. And because you know you can slack off. And that's the thing. You all, I have never run into an entrepreneur. And I, that's a stupid word, but whatever. A business owner. A small business. A small business uh-huh. owner who, I mean, you could definitely get burnt out. He's not talking about being burnt out. He's not talking about being burnt out. He's talking about when when you start something, eh, I think I'll do something, oh, that's kind of boring. And So how do you apply yourself to do that? He's saying, don't just focus on the goal, focus on the process itself. The process itself has to be enjoyable. It has to be what's important. If you are selling ads for a podcast network and you don't like interacting with people, it will seem boring and frustrating and tedious. But if it's exciting and interesting to talk to different people, you will like what you're doing. So does that mean run out and quit your job? Well, maybe. It definitely means find or focus on the things that you like. But that process is the important part. The process itself. Because I know there's going to be a consequence. Just like my six-year-old knows that he's going to have a consequence if he doesn't do what I ask him to do. If I don't do those stretches, there is a tangible consequence that I'm unwilling to do. What's the consequence if you don't do those things? Is that enough of a motivation? If not, maybe you're doing the wrong thing. Maybe it's time to start something that, that you will like, that you love. You know, before work, I used to go and write a Hive Logic post almost every morning. And I would wake up and I would fly into the other room. I didn't have kids. I would fly into the <laughs> other room and I would get coffee and I would go and I'd sit down in front of the computer and I would write. I would write, man. I would write. And it was good. I'm a good writer. And I would write. And I loved it. And it'd be some stupid post about my cat or some crap. Or how to install MySQL on Mac OS X. And I loved writing it. And the words just flowed out. It was easy. It's easy, but I loved the process of doing it. I loved it. That's why it was easy, because I loved it. I never got bored of writing. I never pushed away from that uh, from, the, from the desk. <laughs> I don't feel like doing this. Writing is boring. I was writing for the site that I built that I loved, and people, a few of them, were reading it. And that made me very happy. And I come in here, and I do shows, and I love doing these shows. And there's a a lot of process that goes into doing these shows. There's a lot of prep work. There's a lot of post work. And doing the shows can be hard. I know it sounds like it's all fun. It is fun. But it's hard work too. And the process itself of doing those things, I'm not saying I love every single part of doing every single thing. But there are parts of it that I really do love. Who does love every single, I mean, if you if you do, you're super lucky. But who yeah. loves every single point A to point Z yeah. of their job? Right. I mean, even you could even factor in like commuting. You know, there's always that one thing you're like, well, if it was up to me, I would change this one thing just a little bit. Mike Yar says perseverance is necessary to establish perfection. You know, that's a really good point. But it's that again, the the uncrate uh mentality, which is five posts a day, five days a week, every week, every month, all year, every year. That's how Uncrate is popular. Yes, they found cool things. Yes, they write in a nice style. Yes, they have really cool images and a nice design. Anybody, and I mean anybody, 
can make a site that is nicely designed. Anybody. Anybody can find cool things to link to. Anybody can write something, you know, in a paragraph about the thing that they're... But not everybody can do that plus find the time and the perseverance to do that five times a day, five days a week, every week of every month, every month of every year. Of course, there's timing, there's luck, there's all these other things, but... On Christmas Eve. Right. He's going to be there, sitting there, writing that. (laughs) So if you wanted to go in one up on Crate, you could with Squarespace. That's right. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful. It's just what we call in in the (laughs) business... Seamless transition. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to make your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com. You will use the uh, the offer code QUIT, Q-U-I-T, squarespace.com slash QUIT. Also helps the show. And uh, we were talking to Derek over there not too long ago. And he said, I'm going to show you the, the, some really cool stuff, but you can't talk about it. I said, you sure you want to show it to me? He's like, yeah, because it's really awesome. And then You're he, like, you know, I have a radio show, right? Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> so he showed it to me. And you were there, Hattie. I was there. And uh, boy, is it some good stuff on there. It's, it's really awesome what they have coming. You have no idea. Way the future. It's really cool. And I just want to say now is a really great time to be a Squarespace customer. But it's like I said, you have a podcast, you want to put it out there, use Squarespace. They will take the pain out of creating this kind of stuff. They will eliminate those parts of your job that you don't like doing and let you focus on the fun, let you focus on the writing, let you focus on posting your images, selling stuff, all integrated. It's genius what they put together over there. We use Squarespace here. We use, I use it for, uh, for baconmethod.com. Teach you how to make perfect bacon 20 minutes without making a mess of your whole kitchen. So go to squarespace.com slash quit. Use the code quit. You will get 10% off. Sign up for a whole year. It'll be eight bucks a month for you. Sign up for a whole year. You get a free domain name. Responsive design, beautiful templates. More can I say? It doesn't fit in a Rolodex because it doesn't belong in a Rolodex. They're going to have to run with that. Thank you very much to Squarespace for supporting this episode of Grit. All right, let me do a couple quick calls here. This is the person right here. That that guy dropped off. This is not the person who just came on. I was just going to take that guy's call. Yes, how are you? Interesante. Yeah, thank you. What's up? Dan, it's Moises. This is the only way that I can actually get you on the phone. Yeah, so what's going on, Moises? What are you doing? Well, uh, interesting topic, interesting conversation. I'm on my drive back from Dallas, and I figured uh, this this way I'm not using Verizon data, and I can listen to the show while I hold. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> with your unlimited about. minutes. Very, very fancy. Uh. On on the note of uh, of the Robin Williams thing about him stealing jokes and that sort of a thing, he actually acknowledges and addresses that in the episode of WTF that he did with Mark Maron, which uh, Mark made available free download. Um, and I, I'd recommend that you go listen to it. Um, it's it's a bit haunting, 
uh, considering, you know, what's there. But there's some interesting points about originality and the fact that, that human beings as a species were kind of, were kind of sponges. And the kind of joke theft that Williams did, when he was alerted to it, it was something that sometimes he was conscious of and is something that from his era of doing stand-up, it was just kind of a hazard of the job. It would happen. And there, there were other times that he was completely oblivious to it, but he made the biggest effort he could to compensate people that he had unintentionally lifted material from. Um, a very different kind of thing than, than people who lifted entire acts or plagiarized bits and never acknowledged it or acknowledged it and then sort of made an excuse for it. Um, I guess where I'm going with this is that I, I think it's interesting that in running my own podcast stuff and seeing what other people do, there's this, there's this rush to some sort of, you know, I am the originator of a certain way of doing things. And, well, I'm not going to do this the way that this guy is doing it. And then they basically end up doing it exactly the same way that that other guy did it. But they, just, they have to feel that, that banner of pride that they have the most original thoughts on the planet. And I don't know whether it's an insecurity thing. I don't know whether it's um, just wrapping yourself up in your own little world. But um, I, I feel like the more, the more that I acknowledge that I take a bit here, I take a bit there, I take a little bit of this, I take a little bit of that, I put my own spin on it, I'm, I'm not saying that I, you know, I just plain remix exactly what you do because there's, you know, I, I'm, I'm an organization half the size of your enormous that's right right you're you're right he's half as big as five by five right now so i mean i'm just not capable of doing the kinds of ridiculous million dollar uh (laughs) podcast network stuff that you do right um but what, what i what i take pleasure in is the stuff that i feel like i'm doing a little bit differently and you know i've got this twin peak show on that i told you about and the thing that I like most about it was the pitch that my friends came to me with, which is, well, it's a rewatch show, but we're doing it a little differently than other people are. And here's why. And that's what, that's what perked up my ears was that was acknowledging that there are some base components of it that are in common with what other people are doing, which on the one hand gives people some familiarity, gives some people, okay, this is this type of thing in general. And this is the unique aspect to it that maybe other people are doing something like it, but they're not doing something with, with the same, with the same combination of, of components. You know what I'm saying? I totally do. And, and that's the thing is that even within the context of doing a show itself, you're saying you have, you have said, okay, you know what? Other people do it, but I'm going to even just take that and twist it and do it a little bit different and build on it and do something that gives people a compelling reason to listen to this thing that you're doing and listen to it, not just for the personalities, but listen to it because it, the approach is different. You're, you're making it better. You, you could do it the one way other people do it. And it would be interesting enough if you get the right people, but it's, it's interesting again and better again, right? you you don't quit at that first stage of making it better. You do the next thing. Yeah. It's a matter of, of iterating in ways where you acknowledge the challenges that are out there. And I, one of the things that, that for me has been a big thing is from my acting background, being able to take notes. I can take the most withering criticism and I know what to keep and what to throw out. Um, you know, what to hang on to and what's relevant and even stuff that I may not want to hear necessarily, 
but that I can acknowledge is probably the case. You know, I read the, the iTunes reviews. I read the comments. I, I look at that stuff, and I might let some of the nasty stuff get at me, like, you know, when people were to the critical path and say that the show should just be a monologue and who is this. And, am I allowed to say asshole? Is this an explicit show? Uh, yeah, you can say that. Okay. Yeah, you know, like, I, 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 I look at that stuff to look at it, but if that's the extent of their criticism, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to build off of that and improve off of that. You know, when it's, when it's something that someone gives me a piece of something to work on, aside from stop existing, then I've actually got something to, to deal with. And, and I can blow off generally the nastiest stuff because it, it usually doesn't have much of a basis in reality or, uh, or feasibility or just you know, reasonable discourse. Right. There are people shouting into the Internet who know that they're not going to be held accountable for what they're doing, which is, you know, most of the Internet. Yeah. Um, but I, the, the, the one other thing I wanted to throw out there on the topic of focus and finding the repetitive thing, the, the, the grind that, that works for you, um, there's, this, there's this interesting thing that's not quite at 1.0 yet, uh, a web app called Habit RPG that takes the notion of a to-do list and applies graphic elements and some of the, the standard tropes of a fantasy RPG video game. And I found it absolutely fascinating because even though I have infinitely more complex and sophisticated tools for keeping track of what it is that I'm doing, because I grew up playing a lot of those kinds of games, I can relate to that interface for thinking about what I have to do and what I need to do and the subtasks attached to it and that kind of thing without it feeling like something that I want to be avoiding. I, I end up procrastinating by living in my to-do app to an extent. Um, now, if they could integrate that into Diablo 3, I think you and I would be totally fine. Um, but I, you know, I, I like that there is, that there is that, you know, even within the area of focus, this kind of twist on originality by combining things that, that to some people would seem like oil and water that actually end up working kind of nicely and defeating some of our own prejudices about how we pay attention to what we're paying attention to. It's a great comment. Well, thanks for the call, man. I hope everything's going good. You drive safe. It looks like it's raining out there. Uh, no, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm just getting inside of Austin oh, good. Uh, with a, with a stack duck prints in, in the backseat of my car. So yeah, I saw I, that. I saw funny. the picture you, you sent. That's awesome. You should come to the screening, man. You should come to the screening next Sunday, the 14th. Howard the Duck screening where? Which uh, Alamo is it at? Alamo Draft House Ritz downtown at 4 p.m. And uh, Val Merrick, the co-creator of Howard the Duck, will be there for Q&A after sitting through the movie all the way through for the first time. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> all right, man. Well, listen, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. And good luck. Have a safe rest of your drive. Thanks, man. Oh, and uh, am I allowed to plug uh, my stuff that nobody knows about? Yeah, go ahead and plug your thing. Yeah, all right. All my podcasts, uh, with the exception of The Critical Path, which you can still find on the Mighty Fog by Five, um, can be found at ESN.FM, uh, Electric Shadow, a show about movies and TV and that kind of stuff, Giant Size, the second best comics podcast on the internet behind Back to Work. Uh, thank you for calling a show about customer service. And a new show, a limited-run show, Fire Talk with me, uh, where a couple friends of mine are re-watching Twin Peaks with a bunch of guests like James Urbaniak and Scott Ackerman and that kind of
All right, go check it out, ESN.FM. Thanks, Moises. Talk to you soon. Bye, Dan. I'll call in next week. I called into Ice T's podcast, so I figured I have to call into yours. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Moises on his drive back. Here's this person just called in, but, you know, there's someone who's been on hold for an hour. We got to get to him. Got to. We just have Do to. It. Got to get to him. Hey there, you're on the air. Hey, Ben. Hey, Patty. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, an old, old school listener. This is Pogo from the chat. Hey, uh, long time caller, first time gritter. Right. What's going on with you? Thanks for calling. Uh, well, like I said, you need callers. What do you got? Yeah, what do you got? What's um, going on? I got to tell you, um, <laughs> my my grits are lousy. I've I've tried everything. Oh, so you're lo- you're looking for a better recipe? Uh, butter, cheese. Yeah. It's all about the kind uh, no, of butter. Actually, I, was, I originally wasn't going to call, but uh, I'm really glad I did because the topics that you guys have been working on so far have been really relevant. And uh, relevant, why? Well, I I originally wanted to. I, my my original topic was uh, uh, more along the lines of like mental health, um, but as you started getting into Copying, um, I've, in my previous calls, I talked about wanting to, uh, leave retail for creative work. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I had previously gotten into some of the roadblocks about that and that, that, that in itself wasn't really what I was calling, but when you start talking about copying, I was, well, uh, I was jumping from host to host and thinking, you know, rebuilding website, mm-hmm. or rebuilding my website and, uh, really, you know, kind of always Squarespace was always kind of sitting over there like, Hey, you know, come check us out. Or we sponsor all the five by five shows. I'm like, well, all of these other comic sites don't use Squarespace. They all use, you know, just a, you know, private hosting and, and a WordPress install. And, you know, maybe, it, you know, maybe I should try that, but nobody else is doing it. So, you know, maybe that's not the way to go. And, uh, you know, and getting into Robin Williams and, and, Stealing jokes, whether accidental or less accidental, and that being a thing in, in comics that I've specifically stumbled with, realizing that I had to completely redo a, a strip because I realized that the joke was listed verbatim or you know, worse than pointed that out to me before <laughs> right. I could catch it. Uh, but then, you know, with Robin Williams specifically and the issues that he was facing, um, just that, that sort of you know, like that's like the, 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 the talk about like the doctor. I am Toyachi, like, you know, what, <sighs> sorry. Um, are you okay? Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I stood up a little too fast. Do you, do you go to your um, head? Are you dizzy? You need to lay down or. Yeah. I, I actually literally just lay down. <clears throat> um, the, the, well, the, this may be hard to believe, but my original topic was going to be mental health, uh, anxiety uh, being tied somewhat tangentially into that. Sure. Um, my uh, retail customer service dude's job uh, is full time and gives me uh, some insurance benefits. And I have been struggling with this sort of dilemma. Um, there is a, a widely perceived correlation between 
uh, creative people and, uh, well, I guess it's, I guess we're not supposed to call them mental health issues. And I guess the, the proper term is behavioral health. Right. Um, it's very common for creative people to be, uh, depressed or struggle with anxiety or, uh, attention deficit or all these, all these various issues. And, um, since I have the insurance, I've decided that I'm going to go, uh, have, uh, get an evaluation to see if these are in fact the case for me personally. Um, my concern is that if, um, if it turns out that it is something solvable and especially if it's something that deals with you know, medication, um, if I go on medication and my various creative roadblocks are solved and I basically you know, suddenly quit the job and then do the creative stuff full time, knowing that I can output content, having quit the job, lose the insurance, and then, you know, risk losing my, uh, well, the, the thing that, that, that gave me the, uh, the perceived ability to, you know, get, stay focused and get things done. Okay, so let me let me first of all, good for you that you're deciding to, to you know get someone to check you out. I mean, that's if 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 you think that you might have something going on, like I don't know if there's as much of a stigma as there was 20 years ago for thinking you might have something going on, but there isn't one now, and so that's good. Uh, but yeah, I under, I kind of understand your dilemma, and I think you know. Like what you were saying, I think it there it is fairly I don't want to use the word common, but it is unfortunately frequent that people who tend to be creative because of the way that their mind works, uh, they they often have issues like anxiety or depression or other things like that. Um so do people who aren't in creative fields, you know, uh people everywhere experience this kind of thing and it's it's you know there are so many people out there who don't realize that they have this kind of an issue that you know that they they just go through their days um thinking that this is normal or thinking because it's normal for them uh but it you know you say oh if this is something i can fix it it is something you can fix all of these things uh, for the most part, are, are are things that can be at the very least improved, and you know there there are there are serious conditions that people can have mental conditions that they absolutely need to get help for, and then there's there are conditions that just sort of, you know the the question that people need to ask when when they should try to change up what what's going on when they should try to do it is how how much does it impact your life how much does it impact your quality of life are you halfway to work when the urge to check to make sure you turned off and unplugged the iron is so strong that you turn around and get off the interstate and drive all the way back home just to see that the iron was in fact turned off and unplugged and the reality is you haven't used the iron for two weeks if you're doing that definitely like, yeah, you should probably get, you know, talk to somebody. Um, you know, do you just check to make sure the door is locked uh, at, at the end of the day before you go to bed three times? Well, 
it, that might be manageable, but how are you managing? And anything can be improved and there's lots of ways to do it. And meditation is a great way to address it. But for a lot of people doing something like meditation actually just helps them understand the fact that, oh crap, like I've got more going on here than I thought and I need to talk to somebody or I need to get on medication or I need to figure something out. So it's really good that you're that you're doing that. But you know, you'd be surprised depending on the severity of what you've got going on, you'd be surprised how effective a tiny little bit of therapy can actually be to kind of point things in the right direction. Uh, so good for you for doing that. But what's your dilemma? What's your actual question? Like, should you quit your job? No, don't do that. Like well, stay, no, stay there and get the help, you know? The, uh, I guess the way I kind of had it framed in my head was if I use my full-time job with benefits to facilitate the the help. And then you get better. And and then you don't need the job better, anymore. Or I get, if I, if, if I'm able to basically stay focused, produce content regularly, uh, not, you know, don't have the, the, the roadblocks that, you know, keep me from doing things the way I want to do them or the way I had previously seen myself doing them. Um, if I reach a point where I can do the creative stuff full time and then it would, it would essentially be the, the you know, the self-employment, right. Um, leave well, the full-time job. You know, here's the thing. The here's insurance. the thing. Here's the thing. You're worrying about a problem that I don't see as even part of your reality yet. You know what I'm saying? You're worried about, what might happen, which is a common thing that people with anxiety do, right? Like we worry about stuff of what if, what if, what if, like focus on right now, you know, focus on what you're going through right now. Forget, well, if I, if I get help and then if I get better and then if I do this creative thing, like screw that stuff right now. Especially when your health is involved. Too. Yeah. Like, go and talk to somebody, and you know what? They may pat you on the back and be like, ah, dude, you're fine. Or right. they might be like, wow, I'd like to have you in twice a week. And you know what? That's what my therapist said when I first started. Um, you know, you you probably need to talk to somebody, so it's good that you're doing that. Don't worry about this other stuff yet. You just don't need to. One step at a time. Yeah, baby steps. So step one for you, like go talk to somebody and uh, and see what happens. And you know what? For people who don't have insurance like this guy, uh, a lot of the time if you go to a place and you're like, I don't have insurance, they'll be like, okay, we have a different rate for, for people who don't have insurance, for people who are self-paying. Like that shouldn't be a barrier. You know, when I, when I was uh, like recently when I had to, to go to the doctor to get my stuff done in my back – I found another lady who does uh, this this other thing. It's called uh, ART, active release therapy or something, where it's kind of like a combination of... Like a pressure point and... And massage in a and way. Almost, and it's a, right, and like a, a movement sp- thing. Like sports right. therapy yeah, in Yeah, they, they do a lot of this in like athletics and, and working with teams and stuff. So like somebody goes out and they play basketball for an hour and then they come back like, wow, um, you know, I just screwed up my leg. They can do this and it and it helps release and makes these the muscle release. Travel and all this. with teams too. Right. right. Yeah. So lady I found doing this, like it's eighty five bucks a pop. 
And she, but that's not under my insurance or anything. It's just, I got to write a check for that, you know? Uh, but like, it's worth it. And the same goes for like mental health stuff. Like you'd be surprised how worth it it is. So listen, good luck to you. Thanks for the call. And how about this? Make me a deal that when you go and you find out what's going on with you and you get to these other problems and you finally at the point where you're ready to deal with them, then call back in and and I'll help you then. Sound good? good. All right. Thank you for the call. I sure do appreciate it. Bye. You guys have a good day. Good luck. Bye. Bye. I hope I, I hope he goes and gets that. All right. We'll do, Hattie, we're going to do one more call. In the one word. more. One more. Hi, Dan and Hattie. Hey. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I uh, called into the first episode of Grit. Um, oh, cool. I was also the guy who was shuffling papers. Ah. And, um... So I've got, I finally found the question that I meant to call in about that day. <laughs> All but, right. Um, I just wanted to, uh, I've got a couple of comments from what you said earlier. Uh, just follow, uh, Insta follow-up, I guess you'd call it. <laughs> I mean, since we're talking about me, uh, trope in the 5x5 five five era of podcasting, why not include follow-up? Right. Um, I think every time I see another 5x5 five five knockoff, I know it. When they don't iterate or evolve the kind of web stuff you do, I don't think that, uh, your fans don't recognize what's going on. Um, it feels like every month or so there's another one. Hmm. Um, and then uh, a couple of your shows that I actually wanted to recommend to everybody listening that are relatively new to the 5x5 five five and are overtired and isometric. And from what I can tell, isometric is about to have a really gritty next episode. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be an amazing, amazing episode that I would, I would, I would just want as many of your listeners as possible to tune into. Um, but what I'm calling about is the topic of burnout and um, just sort of background about what I'm working on, working with right now. Um, one of my ways to keep my brain going is I publish uh, Monday through Friday one new post of at least 500 words, usually 800 to 1,200 on Medium. Um, it's a different topic every day except for a national crisis. And I just try to do that. And sometimes I don't really have a topic and I don't really have, like I could write something incredibly metal, like, oh, these are the tools that I use or the topic of burnout. But some weeks and this weekend slash August have just been what I feel like the most draining amount of time in my personal existence. I was just sort of wondering what you guys had to say, um, Dan and Hattie about these moments in your life where you just sort of get, uh, you wake up the next morning still tired from working hard. You talked about all the work you both do to make 5x5 five five look like a 20-person staff. Right. And um, so I thought if anybody's great at talking about being overworked and um, really really working hard for, a, for their own passion, it would be the both of you. So uh, thank you. And um, great show. Thanks. Thanks, Thank thanks for the call. I sure do appreciate it. So, you know, I think he, uh, he has some great questions and, uh, and, and I think, you know, I'm probably not the right person to talk about work-life balance because, uh, you know, I, I joked on Twitter the other day that, you know, it, I have to sometimes remind my, my kids, I'm not just the driver, you know, who takes them to school or picks them up from something because sometimes, you know, you, you barely get to see your family and, and do things that you want to do. Um, 
hopefully it turns out to be worth it in the end or that, you know, you build something that you're, that you're proud of and you don't, you don't run into that situation where you're, you know, you're, you're spending time on the wrong things and that's always the thing you worry about. But yeah, like you wake up tired the next day. That's definitely uh, a real problem, a real thing. And how do you manage that? How do you keep doing it? Um, you know, like, I don't know, but for me, it never, it feels like there isn't any other choice. You know, people who, who have a job that they like, that they can leave at the end of the day at a reasonable hour and, uh, and, and, and decompress and focus on completely different things. You know, there's something to be said for that. There's something to be said for the, the, you know, the corporate stooge life. If it, if, if you can find fulfillment in that, if you can find something, I'm not sure if I'm answering his question, Hattie, but if you can find something that, that is compelling that you like to do that doesn't require that kind of exhaustion and that kind of, um, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed about to not run your own business, to not have your own podcast network. I'm still astounded in 2014 when people say I'm launching a pod, you know, Mike, Mike Hurley just did it, launching a podcast network. Is that really necessary? I'll tell you what, if I had one show that got hundreds of thousands of downloads per episode, I would be quite content with that. Starting a podcast network is hard. Dealing with lots of shows and coordinating them and editing them and answering all the questions that the hosts have and managing schedules and making all of this stuff happen. That's really, really a tremendous, tremendous amount of work. Don't start a podcast network. It's not, I'm not telling you this because I don't want competition. Competition is great. And the more competition there is, the harder I work. The competition keeps me working hard. I'm saying don't start it because you really need a good reason to start it. Do one show and make that show awesome. And if you really, really, really want to do a second show and there's a reason to do a second show, do a second show and make that one awesome. There's all these podcast networks. Oh, we got eight shows. And, you know, this one is about, you know, the best kind of folding ladders in the world. We evaluate every one, different one a week. Maybe don't do that show. Do a segment on your on your other show. You know, don't start out. When I started out, I had, you know, I had one or two shows. And I fell into the thing and by the way, I love 5x5 five five and I love the fact that we have so many great hosts on it. And I love what I do. And I love the platform that, that I've built for, you know, for other people to use. But if it's 2014 and I'm sitting here thinking, hmm, podcasting, I love it. Maybe I could make some money doing that. Don't like, well, I'm going to have five shows now and uh, I'm going to have a network and I'm going to do. No, do one show and make that like the best show of your thing. And that, that works for no matter what you're doing. This guy who's writing a different piece, you know, is he doing it as an exercise in writing, perhaps? Is he doing it because he wants to build his name and reputation as a good writer? That's a good thing. But you have to, you, if, if you find, if your goal is to become a writer 
and you start writing and you find that the process of writing is not enjoyable to you, maybe you shouldn't be a writer. If you want to get into web design and you find that the process is not enjoyable to you, then don't do that. And that's why I always give people the advice when they're like, oh, I want to do this thing as a, you know, I want to, I want to make this my job. And well, have you, you know, have you done it yet? Well, no, I have a full-time job. Well, if you don't want to do it after you get home from work at the expense of seeing your friends and watching that TV show or going to the gym, if you can think about doing anything besides that thing that you really like to do, that you really want to do after, if you don't want to do it after work and you don't want to skip going to brunch and not go out drinking on Saturday because you know you'll be hungover on Sunday and you'll lose the whole half a day of Sunday because you could have otherwise spent doing that thing, then don't do it. You don't want to do it. You already know the answer. You already know you don't want to do it. I couldn't not write those stupid Hive Logic posts in the morning before work. I would wake up early to write them. I would leave work to come home to finish them. I didn't don't care if anyone was reading it. I just loved it. If that's not how you feel about that thing that you're doing, then don't do it. Well, I want to be a better writer, and I know that to be a better writer, I have to, I have to practice it. And practicing is hard. Practice takes work. Practice takes effort. Yes, all of those things are true. But if you don't like it, and you're, you're, you're doing it because that's what you think you want to do, you're doing the wrong thing. I'm not saying this guy is, falls into that category at all. But if you, if, you know, if you're, well, I want to be a better writer, so I write every day. But do you like it? You can't just focus on the goal. You got to focus on the process, right? So I think we end it with there. I think we've said enough, Hattie. What do you think? I agree. Hattie's on Twitter. Hattie Bird, H-A-D-D-I-E Bird. Mm-hmm. Trying to get you to 10,000 followers. I would have to tweet more, but then I would also have to not have six email accounts. So, Yeah. Well, you, 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 you have done... I do tweet my spam. People like that. I like that. One, one I got said, uh, you are my inhalation. Yeah. Which is interesting. That was but for then me. It, but that then was, it went that was into, for me, Hattie. Oh, no. It was... Uh, and then it went into like a business deal. <laughs> I don't know how... <laughs> right. Right. It That's was like, you are my inhalation. And then it was like... I would also like 40 cases of your next product uh, available ASAP. Right. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. What? See, you enticed me with a compliment and then throw me off. Yeah, that's that's their whole thing. They're trying to throw off balance. Anyway, Hattie Bird. And uh, I'm Dan Benjamin on Twitter. This is now Grit Show on Twitter if you want to follow the show for some reason. And again, these show notes will be at 5by5.tv slash it's still slash quit. So yeah, it's a CMS thing. I have to make time to do it. Slash 54. And you'll find the links and stuff that we talked about, including that uh, weird uh, organizing, make your life a game thing Moises was talking about. All the other things we talked about here. It's all there. So we appreciate you listening. Please do go check out the sponsors. Veronis.com slash quit. Squarespace.com slash, what is it? Quit? Yep. Yep. Go there, check it out. And, uh, you know, I like, Hattie, I like for these shows to be uh, eternal. I don't like to date them. No. Time is nothing. But I'm going going to date this show by saying that next week, 
is Apple's uh, big iPhone 6, uh, potentially iWatch-type announcement. And we're doing a whole bunch of special things, and we'll be doing it with oh, yeah. video and everything else. So uh, if you follow me on Twitter, at, uh, at Dan Benjamin, you will, uh, you'll be able to see announcements as far as when we, we do that. But we've already posted a Google Hangout for that. Uh, so if you want to be there and hang out with us and watch and talk, uh, we'll be doing that. And we're going to have some great guests. So thanks again, uh, Hattie, and thanks to all the callers and sponsors. This is a great episode. I sure do appreciate it. And uh, we will be back next week. We'll see you then.